this evening to the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, verse 20. Glory to God. God wants us to continue to teach and preach and emphasize the importance of faithfulness. Some might say faithfulness. Why? Because as, we, as we've been confessing, it's still God's plan for us to flourish this year. Come on, anybody know that? It's God's plan for us to what? Flourish this year. And the times we're living in, folks, it's never been more important for us to flourish in every area in our lives. Come on, are you with me out there? All you got to do is turn, just turn on the TV and you'll see what I'm talking about. There's, there's no better time for us to flourish than right now. Somebody say right now. Amen. And I believe if we keep preaching the importance of faithfulness, I believe eventually one day you're going to get it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Proverbs 28, 20 knows what it says here. It says a faithful man shall abound with what? Blessings. But he that what? Make of haste to be rich shall not be what? Innocent. He's saying that the man that is faithful to the things of God shall do what? Abound in what? Abound in what? Blessing. However, those that are chasing money will eventually get themselves into some trouble. Okay, I get a big amen right there. Let's say it one more time. It's saying that a man that is faithful to the things of God shall what? Abound in blessings. However, those that are chasing money will eventually get themselves into some trouble. Come on, say that's the word of the Lord. Now, we know it's been prophesied for 2018. We read it a few minutes ago, and we read it again, that these are indeed the days of greater glory, saith the Lord. It says, I will cause it to manifest to all who will remain faithful to me and faithful to my word, and I will cause them to flourish and to abound as I promise in my word. He said, Everything went out. There you go. It says, I will honor their loyalty to me, enabling them to overcome every attack of the evil one. Um, a mic. <laughs> Come on, magic. Run like Elijah. <laughs> Once again, he says, I will honor the loyalty to me, enabling them to overcome every attack of the evil one, and I will bring them into the greatest breakthroughs that they have ever experienced thus far. Then he says, rest assured, I am working on their behalf even now, and they shall triumph and be victorious, which is my favorite word, and all shall see that I am still the what? The God of the breakthrough, and I am still the God who keeps covenant. So he said, lift up your hands and lift up your voices and praise your God. So lift up your hands and lift your voice and praise your God. Come on. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you glory. Father, we give you honor. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Why? Because the God, that God that we serve is unlike any other God, he says. And the God is the God who blesses all who have been faithful and loyal to him, saith the Lord. Then we know 2018 are days of glory. 
Days of flourishing and days of abounding. Come on, say that. Days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. Turn your Bibles to Exodus 33, verse 18. Here in Exodus 33, 18, Moses asked to see God's glory. Exodus 33, verse 18. He asked to see God's glory. And it says in Exodus chapter 33, verse 18, I'll give you time to get there. Amen. Hallelujah. Exodus 33, 18. It says, and he said, I beseech thee what? Do what? Show me your glory. Is that the right scripture? Look at 19. Exodus, it's Exodus, not Ezekiel. <laughs> Where they got that one from? Amen. He said, I beseech thee to do what? Show me thy glory. Now, we talked about this some time ago. Amen. But the glory of God is the manifested presence of God. It's not only the manifested presence of God, the glory of God is the manifested power of God. And it's also the manifested goodness of God. Let me say it again. The glory of God is the manifested presence of God. It's the manifested power of God. And it's the what? Manifested what? Goodness of God. And see, Moses makes it very clear here what he wants. What's he want to do? He wants to what? See what? See what? See God's glory. Look at verse 19 and see God's response. And he says in verse 19, and he says, and I will make what? I'll make all my what? Goodness do what? Pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he says, I will make all my, I'll make all my, I'll make all my goodness pass before thee. See, Moses didn't ask for God's goodness, did he? He asked to see what? He asked to see who? God's glory. But evidently, in the mind of God, they are one and the same. Because God says, I will make my goodness pass before thee. Come on, say amen, somebody. So the glory is the manifested what? Goodness of God. Come on, say that with me. Say the glory is the manifested goodness of God. Look at verse 22. And it says, and it shall come to pass, while my glory, what, passes by. Notice God interchanges, amen, between the words goodness and glory. Amen. Goodness and what? Glory. First he says, I'll show you my goodness. And here he says, my glory shall what, or my goodness, or my glory shall what, pass before you. Somebody say, pass before you. Why? Because they are both the same. Tell your neighbor, they are both the same. The glory of God is the what? Is the manifest, manifested what? Goodness of God. It's a manifestation of the what? Goodness of God. It's the what? Manifestation of the what? Goodness of God. Let me say it again. Glory and goodness are one and the same. Let me say it again. Glory and goodness are what? One and the same. Listen, if it ain't good, it ain't God. Let me say that one more time. If it ain't good, it ain't God. And throughout the Bible, you can read about the goodness of God. Why? Because God is good. 
Okay, a couple of people got that. God is what? Good. Go to Genesis 1.31. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. God is what? Good. How often? All the time. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. It says, And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was what? It was what? Very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Everything was good because why? It was made by a good God. And if it ain't good... It ain't God. Tell your neighbor, if it ain't good, it ain't God. See, what we're doing, we're expecting the manifested goodness of God. Okay? Why? Because the manifested goodness of God, amen, is vital. It's a vital part of the manifestation of the glory of God. Come on, are you with me out here? See, the glory is the what? Is the manifested presence of God. Go to Exodus 33, 14. The glory is the what? Also the manifested what? Presence of God. See, these are the days of what? Glory. Somebody say, these are the days of glory. But what should we expect in these days of glory? The manifested goodness of God. Come on, say amen, somebody. Somebody say, I'm headed for the goodness of God like I never experienced before. Let me say it again. Say, somebody say, I'm headed towards the goodness of God like I've never experienced before. So here earlier in Exodus 30, verses 30, chapter 33, verse 40, 14, rather, and he says, my presence shall what? Exodus 33, 14. And my presence shall what? Go with thee. Exodus 33, 14. For those of you who have your Bible, because it looks like we're going to need your Bibles today. <laughs> Amen. He said, my presence shall what? Go with thee, and I will give thee what? Rest. Somebody say, I receive that. Somebody better receive that. He said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. You see, we're going to see, we're going to see not only the great manifestations of the goodness of God, but we're going to see what? Greater manifestations of the presence of God. Let me say that again. We're not only going to see greater manifestations of the goodness of God, but we're also going to see what? Greater manifestations of the presence of God. Just lift your hands before the Lord right now. Say, I receive the presence of God right now. Because the presence of God is here right now. But understand this. We're not only going to see the presence of God in the church, but you're going to see the presence of God in your everyday life. Come on, say, I receive that again. Hallelujah. See, I'm expecting the God to show up in church every time I walk through that door. But where it really counts is out there in your everyday life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Who in here is in, who's in expectation of the manifestation of the goodness of God? Who's in expectation? Of the manifestation of the presence of God. Come on, somebody say it. I'm in expectation of the manifestation of the goodness of God. Come on, say, I'm in expectation of the manifestation of the presence of God. Come on, say, I believe I receive it right now. Now, in Exodus 32, 11, turn there. Because earlier 
It explains that God had brought his children out of Israel, I mean, out of Israel by the power of it, by it, out of Egypt by the power of God. But here in Exodus 32, 11, notice what it says here. Exodus 32, verse 11. It says, And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thou wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with what? With what? Great power and with a what? Mighty hands. So he brought them out with what? With great power and a what? Mighty hand. Now go to Exodus 34.10. Exodus chapter 34, verse 10. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant. Before all thy people, I will what? Oh, somebody better receive this. He said, Before all thy people, I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth. Oh, you didn't hear what God just said. He said, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among which thou, thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. So the glory of God is not only the manifestation of the goodness of God, but the glory of God is also a manifestation of the presence of God. And also the power of God. Somebody say power of God. But what did God say he's going to do? What did he say he's going to do for us right now? He said I will do marvels. Somebody needs a marvelous work in their life right now. He said I will do what? Marvels such as have what? Not been done in all the earth nor in any nation. We're getting ready to see God do some things we've never seen before. Because that's what his word says. Why? See, you haven't seen all he can do. I haven't seen all he can do. Come on, say amen, somebody. Nobody has seen all he can do, but guess what? We're about to see God show up and show out. Show up and what? And what better time would it be now than now? Come on, say amen, somebody. He said amongst, it's a, this he says here, and all the people among you, which thou shalt what? See the work of the Lord. The glory of God is going to be shown to all the people among you folks. Why? Because the glory of God is the what? Is the manifested power of God. And see, a lot of people, even in this room, a lot of people in the, in the church today are experiencing tremendous attacks of the evil one. And a lot of people, sad to say, are on the verge of giving up. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And a lot of people have already given up. Amen? See, a lot of people are not attending church or going to early morning prayer or praying, period, like they used to do or they know they should do. Come on, say amen, somebody. A lot of people are not serving God. Like they used to or not serving the Lord at all anymore. Come on, say amen, somebody. Listen, there are even a lot of preachers that have given up. But turn to Psalm 63 1. This was a prayer of David when he's going through a very tough time in his life. Anybody going through a very tough time in their life? Come on. 
This was a prayer of David when he was going through a very tough time in his life. And more than likely, it was when he was in the wilderness fleeing from his son Solomon. Why? Oh, not Solomon, Absalom. Because Absalom wanted to kill him. Amen? So here in Psalm 63, 1, notice what it says here. O God, thou art my God. Early, ooh, early, early, early to that one that said hallelujah back there in the sound booth. Early will I seek thee at early morning prayer. My soul thirsts for thee. <laughs> my, y'all got to be careful when you cry out in my service. <laughs> Amen. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy what? Power. Notice that. To see thy what? Power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Let's note the fact that even when David was facing one of the greatest trials of his life, he didn't forget his God. He didn't turn his back on God. And he didn't walk away from his faith in God that had delivered him many, many times in the past. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Listen, he stuck with God even though his life was threatened. He remained faithful. Somebody say that again. He remained faithful. Say that. He remained faithful. And David says, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. See, dry and thirsty land implies a place of wilderness. Are you with me out here? This is a place right here. This is a place right here where believers actually give up. When they're in their wilderness experience. Matter of fact, that's why Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13. He wrote it just for you. He said, but ye brethren, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, he said, but ye brethren, be not weary. Be not what? Be not what? To your neighbor, don't you get weary. Be not what? Weary and well-doing. And then he says it again in Galatians 6, 9. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Hallelujah. Where he says, and let us not be let us not be, let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we shall what? Reap if we what? If we what? If we faint not. As long as you don't faint, your due season is already here. But the problem is people are fading before their due season arrives. So go back to Psalm 63.1. And see, once again, in this first verse, this is where a lot of Christians start fainting. When they're in the wilderness. When they're in that dry place. You know, you know what I'm talking about. That dry place. When they're under the threat of losing something or even their very life. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's when people start what? That's when people start backing away from God. Getting away from the word. And stop going to church. Boys getting quiet in the Presbyterian church. And understand this. That is not a very bright decision. For you bright people. 
Hallelujah. See, you don't need to back away from God, especially when you're in trouble. Come on, say amen, somebody. And you don't need to stop coming to church, especially when you're in trouble. Listen, you don't need to get out the word of God when you're in trouble. Why? Because that's the source of your strength, folks. Let me say that again. That is the what? Source of your strength. See, your God, your strength, and your fellowship with others is your source of strength. Tell your neighbor, it's your source of strength. Why? That's where you draw your strength, folks. You need to be in the presence of believers when you're in trouble. Let me say that again. You need to be in the presence of believers when you're in what? Trouble when you're facing trials. That's not the time to isolate yourself. That's not the time to turn down the shade and turn out the telephone. Go to Hebrews 10.25. But that's what a lot of believers do. He says in Hebrews 10.25... He says, not what? Hebrews 10.25, not what? Forsaking what? The assemblings of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But doing what? Doing what? Exhorting one another and so much the more. So much the more as you know Jesus is coming soon. This is not the time to run from church. This is the time to run to church. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Because as you see in the news today and what's going on in the world today, Jesus is coming soon. Glory to God. So I encourage you to stay amongst those who walk by faith. Let me say it again. I encourage you to stay amongst those who what? Walk by faith. Stay amongst those that will not compromise. Don't you get around some compromising Christians because there are some compromising Christians. Them you stay away from. You get around Christians that will not compromise the word of God. Amen. But once again, going back to Psalm 63.1, David is talking about he's in a place of wilderness. He's in a what? Place of wilderness. And once again, he says, oh God, that art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in the dry and thirsty land where no water is. But David didn't give up, folks. David did not give up. David did not back down. He clean, listen, he clings to the fact that God always preserves the faithful. Let me say it again. He clings to the fact that God always, somebody say always, he always preserves the faithful. Do we have any faithful people in this room? So he says in verse 2, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the what? Sanctuary. Understand this. It's one thing to witness God's presence in a church. But it's another thing to witness God's presence when you're out there all alone. And you don't think anybody knows what you're going through. Oh, come on. See, I love God's presence in the church. But it's more precious to me 
when I'm out there by myself, when no one seems to know what I'm going through, when the devil's trying to wake you up every moment of the night, pressuring you, come on, telling you, no way, no way, no way. No. Come on, are you listening to me out here? See, that's when God's presence, God's goodness, God's power becomes even more precious in your life like never before. Am I right or wrong? So he says here to see thy what? Power and thy glory. So as I want, as I've seen thee in the sanctuary, see, I've seen this, but I'm out in the wilderness. I've seen your glory and your power, but I'm out in the wilderness. I'm out here all alone. Listen, they're trying to take my life. They're trying to kill me. So he says, I long to see thy what? Power and thy glory. So as I what? Have seen thee in the what? Sanctuary. During the times, folks, of your greatest trials, your greatest test that you're facing. Listen to me closely. You want to remain confident that God will not forsake you and that God will not let you down. Oh, anybody know what I'm talking about? Let me say it again. During the times of your greatest trial, has anybody been to a great trial before? During the times of your greatest trial, your greatest test that you're facing, you want to remain confident that God, my God, will not forsake me. And my God will not let me down. Come on, say amen, somebody. And see, that's what David is implying here. David is confident, that, and that's why he says, his God. He says, my God. Come on. What did he do? He took possession of his God on the inside. My God should supply all my need according to his riches and glory. My God is my strength, is the strength of my life. Come on, say amen, somebody. Somebody say, my God. Someone say, my God. See, you don't want to get to a place where you refer to him as the man upstairs. No, you want to know that he's what? He's your God, especially when you're under pressure. Amen. See, I'm not talking about Kenneth Copeland's God or Bishop Butler's God. I'm talking about my God. Somebody say my God. What's David doing? David is actually encouraging himself. And sometimes that's what you got to do, folks. When nobody else around to encourage you, sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Stop try always trying to look for somebody else to encourage you. Okay, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I got to encourage myself. Now, in the natural, if you look at what David's going through, what most people do is fold up and they quit. They give up and they die. But David is not going to do that. I'll tell your neighbor, David's not going to do that. Notice, he's still calling out for God who he has seen so many times come through for him before. Come on, say amen, somebody. So you can derive from these words that it's one thing to commune with God in an environment where there is no pressure. It's even more important, somebody say even more important, to commune with God when you feel all alone. Oh, you're with me out here. 
when it looks like nothing's working, when it looks like your circumstances seem to be worthless. That's, it's even more important, time to commune with God. Come on, say amen, somebody. So David here, he's under great pressure. But what's he doing? He's still calling upon God. And he wants to what? He wants to see his glory. He wants to see the what? The manifested goodness. He wants to see what? The manifested presence. He wants to see what? The manifested what? Power of God. Notice he says here, as I seen before. As I what? Seen before. What's that in reference to? See, God, if you've done it before, I know you can do it again. If you want, if you've done it before, you can what? Do it again. Keep reading. Verse 3. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall what? My lips shall what? Better say my lips shall boo-hoo and cry and it's not coming out my nose. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. I said my lips shall what? Praise thee. Thus will I what? Bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied with more and fatness. My mouth shall praise thee with what? Not sad lips, but joyful lips. He said, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee at night watch. In other words, all the day long, all night long, I'm meditating on the goodness of God. I'm meditating on the power of God. I'm meditating on how good my God has been to me. Not the bad things that happened to me that day. Or what the doctor said. Why? Verse 7, because thou hast been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I what? Rejoice. Verse 8, I like, he says, my soul follow hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. This is what you need to do, folks. You need to follow hard after God. Follow hard after God and know that his right hand upholdeth you. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because that right hand represents the power of God, folks. The power of God will always hold you up when you're going through some things. Let me say it again. The power of God will always hold you up when you're going through something. Anybody going through some things? The power of God is there to hold you up. Come on, say amen, somebody. So listen here, folks. Never stop pursuing God. Never stop what? Pursuing God. If he'll show up in church, he will show up in your wilderness. Let me say it again. If he will show up in church, he will what? He will show up in your what? Wilderness. Look at verse 9. He says, but those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by thy sword and they shall what? Be a portion for a fox. In other words, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. God before you, who can be against you? But apparently David believes God will honor his word because in verse 11 he says, but the king shall what? Come on, he believes God's word because what? He says what? The king shall what? Rejoice in God. Everyone that swear by him shall be what? Shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak of lies shall be stopped. Go to Psalms 27 verse 13. 
Psalms 27, verse 13. Are you getting anything out of this? Notice what David, David says here. He says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He said, I would have what? Fainted. If I wouldn't have been able to, listen, he said, I wouldn't even be able to stand. I wouldn't have been able to keep my eyes on God if I hadn't believed. Let me say it again. He said, I would have fainted. Come on. I wouldn't have been able to what? Stand up. I wouldn't have been able to keep my eyes on God if I hadn't what? If I hadn't what? believe so the question for you is what do you believe when you're in your wilderness say la think about that what are you believing when you're under the under your greatest attack what are you believing when all hell breaks loose in your life What are you believing when it looks like it's a lost cause? Oh, come on. David said, I would, not, I would have fainted if I hadn't believed that I was about to see the goodness of God. Oh, somebody didn't catch that. You didn't hear what I just said. David said, I would have fainted if I hadn't believed that I was about to see the goodness of God. See, that's what you got to keep on your mind, folks. Come on, that's what you got to what? Keep in the forefront of your thinking. See, I may be going through a tough time right now. But I know on the other side of this tough time. Come on, say amen, somebody. The goodness of God is waiting for me. Come on, a manifestation of the glory of God is just on the other side of every test and every trial. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the question is, are you willing to wait for it? Are you willing to stay strong while you're going through that trial? Let me say that again. Are you willing to wait for it? Are you willing to want stay strong while you're going through that trial? What did David say again? I had fainted unless I what? Had believed to see the what? The goodness of God in the land of the living. So notice here now. So what you believe while you're in your wilderness experience is vitally important. Let me say it again. What you believe while you're in your wilderness experience is vitally important. Listen, it's vitally important to your outcome. David said, I believe I will see the goodness of God. Come on, say, I believe I will see the goodness of God. But then he says in verse 14, wait on the Lord. Be of what? Good courage. Somebody tell your neighbor, cheer up. And he shall what? Strengthen thy heart. He says, wait, I say, on who? 
on the Lord. He says, while you're waiting on God, he's going to watch. Strengthen your heart, folks. But he says, wait. Be patient. Be patient. Because why? You have to look at what's on the other side of what you're going through. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. What am I talking about? Go to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. We're almost done. Come on, say, I received that. Here, God spoke to Isaiah when his people were going or more or less experienced some great trials. And they were experiencing the great trials mainly because of their own sin. A lot of things that's happening to them, they brought it upon themselves. Come on, say amen, somebody. We're not going to go through that, but that's a sermon all itself. But eventually, God says through, through Isaiah, Isaiah 60, verse 1, he says, notice it says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come. Okay. All right, maybe I'll try to decide it over here. He said, Arise and shine. Thy light is come. Let's try to decide over here. He said, Arise and shine. Thy light is come. Somebody got to believe that somewhere in this room. And then he says, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. But listen to this now. It appears that after every attack, it seems like on the other side is a manifestation of the glory of God. Oh, someone. After every hard time, on the other side is waiting for you is the glory of God. I'm talking about the manifested presence and the glory and the power of God is on the other side of what you're going through. Somebody need to give God praise. So it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. It doesn't matter what it looks like right now. You better keep in the forefront of your mind that on the other side of this trial that I'm going through, on the other side of this challenge that I'm going through, the glory of God sitting there waiting on me. He said, arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is what? Risen upon thee. Verse 2, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his, listen, oh, no, no, and his glory shall be seen where? Where? Upon you. Listen, this is not just a word for the people of Isaiah's time, folks. But this is a word for us today. God is saying, don't you dare give up. God is saying, don't you dare turn back. Come on, Satan. Not now. Don't you dare let go of your faith now. Why? Because the glory of the Lord is rising up on you. And the glory of the Lord will be seen upon you. Come on, that's the word of the Lord. Come on, say amen, somebody. And if you keep reading, 
the people, let's listen, the people who the people who people who will see it will not just be church folk, folks. Look at look at verse three. And it says, And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Listen, the Gentiles are going to be attracted to what's happening in your life. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. It's the world that's going to see the goodness of God. It's the world that's going to see the presence of God. It's the world that's going to see the power of God in your life. And it's going to be attracted to, to it's going to attract them to him. What is this? This is just on the other side. This is just on the other side of this trial that you might be going through. And see, there's a pattern in the Bible, folks. And we talked about this before. When the pattern is right, the glory will fall. And see, there's a pattern. If you're going through what would be considered a great test or trial of your faith. I'm talking about adversity that you have never encountered before. Am I, anybody in this room talking to? He said, listen, don't give up under pressure. Stay faithful. Come on, say that. Stay faithful. Come on, say it again. Stay faithful. Come on, say it again. Stay faithful. Why? Because on the other side of this glory... On the side, what happened to this glory is about to be revealed. But you got to stay faithful. On the other side, the manifest presence of God is about to be revealed. The power and goodness of God is just waiting for you right now. It's on the other side. So lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, lift your hands and give God glory. Because your victory is already on the other side. Hallelujah. So you can't look on the front end of what you're looking at. Always look on the back end. Because on the back end, guess what? There's a glory waiting for you. Hallelujah. There's a victory waiting for you. Hallelujah. So you're just going through right now. Amen. But think about what's on the other side. Come on. If we're on the other side. Father, we thank and we praise and we glorify your holy and majestic.